Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am joined on this beautiful Friday, June 30th, last day of June, Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Dave? You got a big What's going bir- on? You got a big birthday coming up. Uh, it's not a big one, but it's a birthday. I mean, it's just a—it's another birthday. Once you get past, you know, a certain number, what are you going to do? Yeah. They just keep piling on. You look at that number and you go, "What the hell? That's not me. That's some old dude." Yeah, it's not so fun. Then you look in the mirror and you go, "What the hell?" You know what you do? You look in the—you you take a picture with your granddaughter, mm-hmm. and then they—and sh- then you look at that picture granddaughter's face perfect no blemish no wrinkle perfect just you know skin and then there's this old person (laughs) next to that perfect face yeah never take a picture with your grandkid well actually i mean the, the real problem there is you have a grandkid right like there's just a math problem here Right. So I, sh- yeah, well, I can't, I can't do anything about that. No, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, there's a reality of it that uh, whether it's depicted in a picture or not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it depicted in a picture, you don't want to face that reality. I get it's, it. It's stunning. Yeah. And troublesome. Yeah. Well, here we are. Yeah. Old. Old. And uh, you're getting older. I am. Man. I am. And it's, <laughs> it's so funny because in my mind's eye, I still think of myself as 25, right? See? That's perpetually. And I'm like, I don't look like that guy anymore. I don't behave like that guy anymore. There's nothing about me that like literally every, every cell in my body has changed since I was 25. And it's just, well, that's true. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not that guy anymore. That, well, imagine 63, how, how, what, how old you feel you are until you look in the mirror. Who, who, what age are you in your mind's eye? Oh God. Honestly, uh, 32. Yeah. I, I mean, something like that. Uh, my maturity level and no, not maturity level. I have matured, but have I learned a lot? I don't think I've learned anything more than what I knew when I was 30. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I take that back. I've learned more. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not wiser. Does no, no. What, what we learn after that age is nothing that adds wisdom. It just adds knowledge. It just adds exactly. like, this is the way things work in a like, you know, I know how to do my job better. I know how to like move through things better, but it's not anything that actually like exactly makes I you know. appreciate things better. Exactly. You know how to do things like you get in a car accident. Boom. You know exactly what to do. Yeah. You've had right? reps. You've had, yeah. you've had the reps. You've had reps, but you're no... Uh, more real there's no more deep maturity and wisdom to your existence yeah well this has been cheerful okay Um, let's end it right (laughs) (laughs) um well happy birthday to tracy and then next uh, week guys next week yeah we've got a talk we have to talk about a lot of stuff today 
Yeah, uh, we have a lot of stuff. Actually, there are a lot of things happened this week. Yeah, so... Or didn't happen. Uh, Tracy was at Section 7 last weekend. So we're going to talk some basketball recruiting. A bunch of basketball players arrived on campus, uh, including Ilan Fibloy. 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 One more? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was waiting for it. Uh, he, uh, he arrived on campus this week, as well as a bunch of the freshmen. Um, got to talk about just kind of the state of international recruiting. And we've also got a lot with uh, football. Uh, football recruiting, what's going on with 2024 recruiting. Yeah. Um, and also uh, you know, a little, little nugget of info you dropped about the quarterback situation for next year. But we're going to start with basketball. Um. Tracy, you were at Section 7 uh, this past weekend, um, and well, so first, let's start with this, actually, because we didn't talk about this yet. Uh, UCLA's international recruiting, uh, there was a guy on staff, we'll call him Ivo Simovich, who... Let's call him that. ...who, who, uh, who had played a large role in a lot of the international recruiting. Um, and I don't think it's, has it been officially announced that he's uh, been hired by the Raptors yet? No, no. It just said that he was finalizing the deal. Yeah. But uh, that looks like it is uh, happening. So for a lot of money, for a lot of money, millions. Yeah. Hard to, hard to pass like up three. Yeah. Hard to pass up money. Um, but this uh, obviously changes uh, some things um, with how UCLA, uh, whether tactically, and I think more likely tactically than strategically, uh, how they're going to approach recruiting, you know, who are they going to get to continue the international pipeline. But uh, what was your take on that? And uh, how do you think it's going to impact uh, recruiting in these next couple of classes? Yeah, like you said, uh, it might impact tactics but not strategy they're still going to go international they have to i mean international and transfers is where they're going to do a lot if not a majority of the recruiting uh in the short term uh how will impact it evo had so many connections all around the world i mean he had you know best friends uh that are from spain uh speak spanish fluently a lot of connections in Africa. I'd say, though, um, Mick Cronin now has been recruiting internationally himself for a good year. Uh, Cronin's, Cronin's, if you haven't noticed in Cronin's interviews when we interview him, it comes up quite often. He's one of those guys that always says, oh, yeah, it's, he's one of my best friends, old friend of mine. And He's not just saying that. He, he he knows everyone and he knows everyone well. I don't know where he just has the time just to be friends with all these people. But I have like two heard, friends. <laughs> exactly. He has he has two friends every couple of minutes. Um internationally he's he's now established a lot of those connections connections himself. Uh, of course, it's going to be a loss that Evo's not there. They'll try to replace it with another assistant that has, that also has some international connections. And Cronin will try to step into that void himself with the connections. All, all the connections that Evo had, of course, those are longtime friends, but now they are connections with Cronin too. So they'll, they'll keep trying to use those connections. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Uh, I think 
Cronin's very good, like I said, at, at creating those kind of bonds. Uh, they did, they are going to do exceptionally well this year in international recruiting. Um, so I, I think they're still in a good place. It's a big loss, but still in a good place uh, in international recruiting. Yeah, and uh, we should reiterate um, this, uh, uh, from what we're hearing, this isn't expected to affect anything with the guys who are currently committed internationally, as well as uh, the unidentified international prospect who has been, you know, pseudo- trying to hold out, Dave. Pseudo- trying to hold out. I meetings. made a promise. You've made, made a promise. A promise. Um, yeah. And so here we are. But um, so it's not expected to affect uh, their recruitments negatively. Um, so all of that uh, to be said, uh, UCLA has now started the process, especially in the states, of recruiting heavily in the uh, in the next couple of classes. Uh, you were at Section Seven um, this past weekend. Uh, big for those who don't know, big tournament with a bunch of uh, high school teams all competing. So you see a higher quality of play than you usually do at AAU events, um, with a bunch of you know. Uh, guys actually competing the way they would for their high school teams, which means they're playing a little bit more defense. They're trying a little bit harder, yada, yada, yada. Uh, what was your take on the event? Um, who are some of the, your standouts and who do you think UCLA is going to recruit in uh, the high school ranks? Yeah. Yeah. First off, just want to, uh, just want to back up just a little, the international guys, there's the U 19 world cup FIBA tournament going on right now. Jan Vide, who we all publicly know is committed to UCLA admitted will enroll in August, is playing for Slovenia, uh, averaging 18 or 19 points. He just played this morning. I watched him play, had a good, solid game. Uh, I did a review of an evaluation of him yesterday, I believe. All the days are running together when you're this old. Um, (laughs) uh, I I like him. I, I think it's... It reinforced my first evaluation of him. I think he's six four and a half to six five. Solid ball handler will probably be the backup lead guard point guard after Dylan Andrews. Um, can really score. He's even without being a great three point shooter. He's just one of those scorer types. Uh, he's very good coming off the pick and roll, which is so much of basketball these days, and getting into the lane, scoring on a pull up or floaters. Uh, very talented at that. Um, just a score. He's the one who uh, will make the backdoor cut. He's the one that gets out on the break to finish. That he he just racks up points defensively. I got uh, just with this tournament. Got to watch him closer defensively, and I really like him. He went up against uh, Kylan Boswell, the point guard at Arizona, and really matched up well against Boswell. Boswell's probably at least two inches, if not three inches shorter. Uh, Vide just got to the spot uh, quick enough, was big, long, uh, plays good on ball defense. Sometimes the effort wanes a little bit. Um, was impressed all the way around. His biggest issue right now is his turnovers. Uh, tends to force things a little bit too much. Uh, but as you know, <laughs> he will not stay on the floor if he commits too many turnovers while he's playing at UCLA. So, and my, my my prediction of Will McClendon's ascendancy as the backup point guard will come to fruition. 
But anytime you want to lay some money down on that one, no, I, that's, no that's just that's not a that's not a money statement. I have okay, money good. statements, and then I have uh, you know fill in the air. Statements. Just things that you said before <laughs> that you've decided that you will never go back on. <laughs> Yeah, I know how that works. Um, um, yeah, and I, I watched a little turkey just for no reason whatsoever. Um, no, no reason. Yeah, um, there's some good players on that team. Unrelated to that, 100% <laughs> the unidentified international prospect is pretty good. Yeah, he is. He sure yeah. is. And uh, that announcement was, like I said, was supposed to happen this week. And I was told it was actually going to happen yesterday i wonder if it has something to do with um i don't know a team playing better no no it has nothing to do with any of that (laughs) but just this is the way these things happen and some just you know to international prospects in their the way they're recruited in their mindset they don't get that something has to be announced in the united states in their mind they're committed that's where they're going it's done they don't really get what's going on and and to be honest i don't think the program really cares much no we're the only ones who care yeah it's only the fans so no i mean like literally us us too because we need it no no, we don't well i don't even think we care as much as the guys who are on the bro forums um and that's just you know hey oh yeah that that announcement okay how about next thursday okay oh you know what He's got a little cold. I don't really get what this big announcement is, but can we just do it next week? That's how this has been going. Oh, his pro team is having a day at the beach. Can we do it the next day? I mean, this is literally kind of what's going on. So <laughs> just send a tweet, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that. Uh, Section seven, really, really, uh, you know, fun. For me, third year, uh, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, wasn't hot, which was amazing. It was like 102, which hey, is positively it, cool. Did you have to wear a sweater outside? Down. Well, the thing what's happened once you spend any time in that stadium, the air conditioning starts really getting to you. So it, you got to come with some kind of pullover. A lot of the coaches are wearing full-on, you know, pants. Mick Cronin is like got a jacket on and pants when he's and it's a hundred. It can be one hundred and fifteen out. Um, yeah, spent fourteen hours in that gym from eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday to ten o'clock at night. Saw a lot of basketball, um, but it's really fun. There's nothing more fun than than just watching uh, guys you hadn't seen before or guys who you had seen before emerge into UCLA level prospects. Really fun. Uh, my biggest takeaway, I mean, let's talk about 2024 first. Um, interviewed Eric Freeney. He pretty much gave it away um, what his choice of school is. I can safely say that might happen. Everything's fluid, um, but that might happen within... Uh, like a couple of days. Let's just say that uh, with Eric Freeney. Uh, you still be looking totally probably to bring in four, four guys with the 2024 class, probably two posts. Um, it will lose Ken Nuubo, it will lose uh, Adembona. Um, it will have just freshman developmental posts, Devin Williams, 
Adaimara, if he comes, the seven three Spanish prospect, is a good chance that he'll be one and done. I would think so. UCLA need to get two posts, probably a a transfer transfer or international guy who can plug uh, immediately plug in and play. Maybe two if they could, that'd be fantastic. Um, but they're looking for a developmental post also. So. You know, I was kind of on the lookout for bigs, just not 2024, but younger on the West Coast. Uh, Makan Dioff uh, uh, from Senegal. Uh, I had I, seen him in spring at an AAU event uh, and then saw him with his high school team, uh, uh, Archbishop Reardon. Is that right? No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's at Bella Vista. Damn all those prep schools. Um <laughs> And I liked him. Uh, 6'10 to 6'11, uh, good body, wide shoulders. Uh, can sh- one of those guys who likes to shoot the three, and he can, but he still does play in the post and actually touch other people, bump other people. <laughs> um, good, you know, has a good sense of how to play. So um, uh, coming out at Section 7, I know UCLA watched him a lot and they offered him this week. I would think they might have a chance with him, so that's that's kind of fun. Uh, really, not many, not much else from twenty twenty four. They'll be out scouting in July evaluation period, looking for bigs, pretty much. And then if any, they'll have their guard in Eric Freeney, and if any wing, really elite wing, emerges and says, "Hey, I love UCLA, I want to come," they'll start recruiting him, but. Mostly they'll be out looking at 2025 and 2026 as I was at section seven. And it was, it was really, it was really fun. I mean, Braden Burries was, uh, he's from Roosevelt high school in Riverside. One of those guys, I know I'm supposed to go look at someone else, but I just want to go watch him play. Uh, Harvard Westlake was playing against uh, the Boozer twins which was probably the premier game of the weekend. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take it back. Corona Centennial was playing against the Boozer Trends. Had huge turnout of coaches. I Braden Burris is on the next court, and I just wanted to go watch him because he's so fun. You would, I know how you are at these things when you have shown up at these. <laughs> You'll go, I want to just go watch that guy again. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it was like, uh, what was that guy um, last year? Passmore, uh, Rakis Passmore, Rakis Passmore. <laughs> I just wanted to watch him. I just wanted to yeah. watch him just dunk the ball on people's heads, or just uh, go around them and on a quick on a dribble or shoot threes. Or, yeah, yeah, just, all that stuff that that guy did. Yeah, why are we talking about a guy they're not recruiting? Uh, so Bra- yeah, Brain so Burries, Brain Burries is like the future uh, spirit animal for Mick Cronin. Uh, it, I, when you. UCLA doesn't like get a recruit. He goes elsewhere. It's all yeah, okay, let's move on. You can really be depressed about this one if he if he, they don't get this commitment. Uh, that's how much I like this guy. Just not only f- skills, uh, athleticism, uh, and here's the thing too. I mean, he's six two to six three. Let's say six three ish. Not the ideal kind of NBA guy. I mean, he's a three to four year player, and. And I'll say this, he might have a better impact early on than Amari Bailey. Uh, I mean, better shooter, quicker uh, quicker off the dribble, uh, 
probably about a similar passer, um, plays his ass off, just alpha dog on the court, tough as hell. I mean, he he volunteered sometimes to guard the opposing post player. Um, so just a tough, a tough, tough kid, plays hard um, and very skilled, athletic, really liked him. Uh, he was my big probably takeaway. Uh, the other one, uh, 2026, two guys, Cameron Holmes uh, from uh, Millennium High School. Had seen him a lot, but dang, he really has gotten bigger and better. Uh, really liked him. 6'5", shooting guard, but can has a feel for, as a point guard. Uh, the big thing on him, too, I mean, Arizona will try to keep him home, but we've been I've been told that he... Um, Grew up a UCLA fan. UCLA was his childhood favorite. So I would ex- expect if grades are good, uh, they should be offering him fairly soon. And then LZ Harrington uh, was also, uh, I'm sorry, LZ Harrington was 2025. Uh, talented, talented kid, 6'4", combo guard, plays at St. John Bosco. Uh, I didn't mention him. Also of note, he plays in the same AEU team with Braden Bury. So backcourt just come on home to you know westwood uh the other guy in 2026 is brandon mccoy who also plays at st john bosco wow he's the other guy you would just say i'm gonna go watch him <laughs> six three six four one of those bodies that just those pliable foldable bodies like how he can get, get through a little spot or how he explodes off the floor so quickly or just moves laterally. He's just, he wasn't the best player. He still makes a lot of mistakes. He's a rising sophomore. But even with Koa Pete and the Boozer twin uh, brothers, Brandon McCoy might have the most, might have had the most talent. Pure upside. We're getting into the point in, um, like, when you're playing one of the, you wouldn't, this isn't a reference for you. This is a reference for the viewers, uh, listeners. Uh, When you're playing a video game and you've played, like, multiple seasons of a particular team in, like, one of those sports video games and the names start repeating, like, there was a Brandon McCoy already, like, within the last, like, I want to say eight years who was a center. Yep. There can't be another one yet. You have to give it like another 10 years. This is too soon. He should change his name. Uh, that, you know, that'd be great if we could hold to that, but it's it never happens. There are a ton of Cameron Williamses out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I like that the um, the Boozer kids are in this class because they've got the names. They've got like the Cameron and the Caden, which is what everyone is named these days. But they're Boozers. Nobody else is a Boozer last name. Um there are a lot of Jalen's. A lot of Jalen's. And, and that's of because of Jalen Rose. That's what... Yeah. yeah. There's Jalen Turners all over the place all the time. Um, anyway, that's just my thought on Brandon McCoy. Uh, okay. He should he should change that. You know, when I when I talk to him next... Yeah, just make sure you bring that up with him. That yeah, uh, there was a center... Because that's a big concern for him. There was a center who was like a five-star guy who was a Brandon McCoy. So we yeah. can't... We can't... You, you got to... Just switch it up a little bit. It could be like okay. um, Brian McCoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. That's that's great information. Um, <laughs> uh, in the West Coast, 2025, 2026, a lot of talent. I don't think UCLA shouldn't have to leave the West Coast for 
anything but post players and maybe not even a post player. So that's good. Uh, 2026, stupidly talented too. So all very promising when it comes to, if you said he's going to look internationally and through transfer, it always is really nice to have some young talent coming up on the West Coast. So there you go. That's pretty much basketball recruiting. Anything else basketball recruiting wise, Dave? No, I'm just going to, you know, I really enjoyed watching Turkey play. So I think I'm going to watch some more of them. Uh, They also played this morning. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. There was, there was a lot of interesting stuff to watch in that game. Um, Some fun players. All right. um, Moving on to football. You ready? Absolutely. That's always ready. Let's move on. What are we going to talk about? I didn't know we were going to do this. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Football recruiting. Football Pretty recruiting. Much, they have eight commitments. They just got a commitment from, um, well, the public one is a tight end from Wisconsin, Rob Booker. There is another outstanding uh, boom. You know, an outstanding when there are, when there boom. Are, an outstanding boom. When there are booms and then there are crystal balls, like within the same time, for, like within. It's not like a week later, even. Yeah, if we're not hiding later. things anymore. Nah, this is this is pretty obvious now. Um, and I, I'm not saying that I know, but let's just say there there was a boom. That means Ethan Young, the director of player personnel for UCLA football, tweeted out "boom," correct, with an exclamation point in caps. That all means they've received a verbal commitment. At this, coincidentally, might not be related at all uh quasi gilmer uh four-star wide receiver if you want to argue who's a four-star and who isn't um he's not a four-star in 247 he's not but he will be i think he he will be i think they're gonna re they're gonna re rank him because he's had a fantastic spring um he he received a couple of uh well greg biggins Gregory did a crystal ball. Yeah. So that's kind of significant. Uh, so they have a commitments. The great Jason count. Shear also did oh, crystal Jason ball. Shear. Um, uh, UCLA's you'd have to think is, is going to get Cameron Jones a running back from St. John Bosco. He's going to announce next week. I believe next week he's only officially visited UCLA. Sounds <laughs> There isn't a lot of suspense these days Sounds to recruiting. Promising. Uh, a wide receiver from Las Vegas, David Washington. UCLA is looking really good with him. I'd say they're the leader. He might pop soon. So that would be 11. And I don't think they're going to go much more after that. Um, that would be a running back, a tight end, four offensive linemen. I'm going to count. Um, I'm going to count Patterson, the commitment as a defensive lineman, just because there's no one else, and he's he'll he'll be an edge. Uh, there they have a commitment from a linebacker in Carson Tabarachi, 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 and then Christian. Uh, what's his name, Dave? Christian Dunbar Hawkins. Dunbar Hawkins, who is probably going to be a safety, even though he's listed as a cornerback. Uh, so that's a DB. But, I mean, uh, 
I, uh, they're recruiting a quarterback named Trevor Jackson, who went to the Elite 11 and has a really solid arm. And But Florida, who knows if they have a chance with him. Uh, but if they get those three, which they probably will, they're at 11. I don't know if they're going to go for many more. They had 13 commitments this last cycle in 2023. You know, the big one for me, which would make it great is that linebacker Dylan Williams, if the, he's a legit four star, um, his, I've watched him one time in person and, and, um, watched a lot of film and he really jumps out on film. That would be a big one for me, but then, uh, eh, you know, not too much else going on. Uh, there, they'd be kind of done if, you know, offensive line, some big recruit decides he loves UCLA during the season. They, you know, they take another. You always take another. Um, but that would leave defensive line and DB recruiting that is still hanging out there without a lot of possibilities. Um, and I can't tell you what they're going to do. I mean, look to the transfer portal. They don't have a lot of offers out right now. And they're, you know, I know the new cornerback coach Cody Woodfield has made a difference, but he's really coming from a deficit of recruiting at UCLA for cornerbacks. Uh, they just missed on Peyton waters who chose Washington over UCLA probably would have been a safety could have been a quarterback, but was going to be a probably a safety, but certainly he had great things to say afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to call that up and read that? Uh, yeah. So who had that Sandy? Yes. All right. Uh, so Eric Sondheimer, after Peyton Waters committed yesterday to uh, to Washington, had this quote. Cheesy tweets too much. Come on, Sandy. All right, hang I, on, hang on. I, I bet I can get it faster. I bet Wait. you can't. I just I'm gonna go to the forum and I got it. <clears throat> from Sandy. UCLA appears to have made a late run for Peyton Waters of Birmingham, but didn't get involved in recruiting him until March. He said the Bruins were, quote, very close, but having waited so long to show interest left him wondering if he was a priority in their plans. Picked Washington. You know, it's really funny, too, that you yeah, throw that on the forum, and that's just, that's where the two factions just... Oh, chum in the waters, baby. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know there are plenty of guys who are program defenders, uh, ergo Chip Kelly defenders. And Chip Kelly has done a lot of great things at UCLA. But can we just admit that there isn't, there aren't, they aren't doing everything they can in recruiting? Hold two thoughts within your mind. Become like me, a philosopher king. On one hand, Chip Kelly... The program performance has improved significantly from his first year to this past season. Hold that thought in your mind. On the other side, high school recruiting has been and continues to be a major deficit for UCLA that is inhibiting them from reaching the program's potential upside. Hold those two thoughts within your mind together. They they, they do fit together. They make sense together. The, the, and those two thoughts... Both pretty damn true. Th- those two things. Uh, they've they've obviously done a nice job in the transfer portal. Uh, that does not band aid over all of the high school recruiting issues. Um, it it really doesn't. 
You, you can't fill all the holes every single season with just the transfer portal to the extent that you're going to be competing uh, regularly for conference championships or even be in the mix for them at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, you can win eight or nine games a year. That can happen. But they won, what did they do last year? Nine and four? Is that the end result? Yep. And yep. Uh, it was with a very easy. Schedule. It was the softest schedule in UCLA history. This coming season, another pretty close to softest schedule in UCLA history. They're not going to be soft after that. Um, and the rubber's going to hit the road. And it's a question of whether uh, they're going to be able to have enough success in the transfer portal to make up for uh, limited talent acquisition out of the high school ranks. That pretty much captured it right there, Dave. That yes. first sentence of uh, holding two different concepts that aren't even necessarily contrary. They're not. They are not contrary. <laughs> In your mind at the same time. So it would be great. You know, we're going we're going contrary to what's good for our site because don't we want everyone sitting there like generating? Oh, just, yeah, just 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 fighting each other. But uh, from this standpoint, I I I'd give up a lot of that those page views and all of that activity if there was just some things just generally accepted from the majority of human beings that do frequent our form. It's like in a contentious legal battle where you have a joint statement of facts, right? Like we need to, there needs to be like faction heads of the two different uh, sides. And here's the thing also, I think like 75% of the people on our forum are um, generally aligned with those two thoughts. Um, and then there's like 10% who are like, I can't even admit that Chip Kelly is doing better now. And then there's like the 15. See, those are the people too. It's yeah. Just and then there's the like the 15% yeah. who are like, well, no, we just defend the program no matter what happens. Um, we need everyone to come together, have a representative from each little clique, and put together a joint statement of facts that everyone can agree to. That'd be so cool. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm looking at you, like, go UCLA 05, looking at you, KP Bruin. We need you guys to come together, joint statement of facts. I want to see it. I want to see them standing, like, in front of some yeah, flags. Yeah, deliver it, deliver it on video in front a of podium. some flags. Yeah. That'd be so great. Yeah. And then then they hold hands afterward. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely hold hands. And like for like maybe like a couple beats too long. <laughs> and just kind of a, a really kind of affectionate knowing look. Yeah, yeah. No, like yeah. gazing into each other's eyes while holding both hands together. So who else, Dave? You always know all the posters. So who else should be part of this little um, detente weekend? Uh Honestly, those are the two that jump out as like firmly on their opposing sides. No one else. So they can bring their own diplomatic. Yeah, no, no, no. Create them. your they diplomatic can, diplomatic yeah. mission. Yeah, no, like have like they, three or four yeah. support staff. Um, yes. But I think they're the main representatives of their respective sides. And and you and I like if they're in, if they're decided to go to a bar, you and I will show up and then step outside for the cameras. Yeah, yeah. And give an update on how it's going. Yeah, you know, we will report on the uh, the summit. We'll call it. Yes, the summit. Yeah. Um, the the blue the blue crank summit. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Um, well, this sounds so good. Someone's got to pull this off. I think they should. Let's make it a nil thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, that's football recruiting right now. Uh, you dropped a little nugget on the forum, which I thought was bold. I thought it was audacious. I thought it was quite a thing to say in June uh, when you said... It wasn't my opinion. Hey, just still quite a thing to share, even yeah. if it's not your opinion. Quite a thing. That Dante Moore, freshman, UCLA... Uh, didn't overtake Ethan Garbers this spring by anyone's estimation. Uh, the program is confident that he will end up the starter this fall at quarterback. I'd say that's where that's the that's the feeling around the program. I've heard it from a few different people that, uh, yeah, I mean that's the best way to put it. The feeling is that he'll be the starter. That's interesting. There are so many things to to think about. Let's because let's, as let's you think said about them. Yeah, go ahead. So. Let's start with this. We both watched spring, right? We watched, yes. we watched April. I remember it. Do you remember it? I go back that far. Yeah. Uh, he was good. I think for a freshman in his first uh, spring football, uh, really good. I, I liked him a lot. He was not better than Ethan Garbers in spring. And I, I think that's pretty definitive. I would say, and here's the thing too. I'm going to uh, expose you a little. Expose me. You went into that. Biased. Biased. You want you were Dante Moore all the way to Absolutely. start. Absolutely. And uh, I, I, when we were there a few times, I started and I said, uh, wow, that arm doesn't look that strong. And you're all, Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. <laughs> well, I can the, still hear it well, while we're sitting Tracy, there clinging was, to the wall on lot eight. That's also life. when you were still gassing up our man, um, our friend, a great, great guy, Colin Schley. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't serious. I was just, I just liked, first, I liked the name Colin Schley. It's a good name. I just like that. I respect the dude that as a transfer quarterback, and he was ranked one of the best transfer quarterbacks in the portal. That he came into a situation with a guy who was probably a, had a good chance as the incumbent, uh, and then one of the best freshman quarterbacks in the country, and he decided to transfer. I I, I respected him, uh, you know. So and, then, and then field. when we saw him throw the ball, we're all, oh wow, yeah. And and we're going far afield anyway, because I will grant you that I was biased in favor of Dante Moore heading into spring. So it took you a lot yeah, it did. to come around to saying because you weren't on the you weren't you didn't start on the fence you started a little over on that other side. I started I started by I was tilling the fields over on Dante Moore's plot of land. <laughs> you you absolutely were. Right. The, yeah. It was a nice I mean manicured field. Yeah, no, I was I was doing some work. I was yeah. I was mowing It wasn't lawn. just seated. I, I mean this thing was yeah. I was I was hoeing. I was I mean you there was a hoeing. lot I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you came over to the fence. And I'm all come on, Dave. Come on yeah. come on up, climb the fence. Yeah, that was probably the, the third or fourth practice where I saw him throw something intermediate that um I won't I won't say you could have timed it with a sundial, uh, but it was okay. And what did you say? Oh, that's arm fatigue. <laughs> I said that's arm fatigue. But also, so the one thing I will say, and this is something I still hold to, and this is why I don't necessarily discount the program's view, it seemed to me that it was more of a thing where he was still learning what kind of throws he has to make in those situations as opposed to his arm just can't do that because he was still flicking it. 
Like he was trying to flick it like it was still senior year of high school. And you can't do that. Um, not with his arm. Uh, you know, certain guys can flick it 15 yards and it's, yeah, because they've got a pro arm. Uh, Dante Moore is going to have to actually throw that, like throw it like it's something he's got a laser in there. But it wasn't like uh, Chase Griffin throwing with, you know, every muscle fiber in his body just to get it 15 yards. He was just not throwing it with the proper amount of his arm. Is my okay. take on Moore. I'll take that. I'll accept that. Um, so if this is true, what I've heard, and I heard, I think it is, that that's kind of the feeling around the program. I mean, they won't ins- instantly install Dante Moore as the starter when fall practice starts up the first week of I don't August. Th- I think they would have a political issue. I think they would have a team politics issue. Uh, that, and I-, I mean, I don't know where uh, Garbers is when it- in his progress towards his uh, graduation. Um if he's close, like by the end of summer, and he's a grad transfer, maybe he'd be able to make that move. But I, I'm sure overall they're trying to keep Garbers in the fold. Um, the other thing so, to consider with him that we don't mention is that he's pl- still- Plus, I mean, just from this reality, when would, whenever would Chip Kelly announce like a starter for a quarterback? I mean, that's just not his nature. He's going to wait until game week. Absolutely. And the thing to remember about Garbers is the year that he technically redshirted was the COVID year. So he still has a true redshirt left. Um, yep. So he could he could play as many as, what is it, four games this year and then redshirt the rest of the year and use that as a transfer year. Yes. Yes. Um. So then we also got to think about uh, what it's like in the, well, this is even independent of, let's say, Dante Moore being the starter. Just Dante Moore in the NIL era. So, I mean, let's just, Dante Moore came to UCLA because there was, it wasn't a promise, but there was, you know, some kind of, not even a commitment, but there was an indication he'd make a good amount of NIL money at UCLA. Uh, So let's say he's making that money. He started to make that money since he's enrolled. Just follow me out here on these scenarios. Let's say uh, he doesn't do that well, right? And he's a little disgruntled. He doesn't win the starting spot. He's frustrated with the coaches because they didn't name him the starter or he didn't win the starting spot when it was pretty close between him and Garbers. And the way kids now today would react is of course I didn't get, I didn't get my chance. Um, So from that disgruntlement, five-star guy could make making good NIL money. He might go out in the transfer portal and say, Hey, I want to transfer and make more NIL money someplace else. Or, contrary, flip side, he does really well. Has a freshman All-American season at UCLA. Says, wow, I wonder what my market value is now in the NIL. So I'm going to go out and try to get another bigger bag of money, of NIL money. I'm not saying that this is absolutely what's going to happen, that Dante Moore would transfer after one year. 
But it's something that you have to consider is at least a decent possibility. Maybe not probability, but a possibility. Um, This is what coaches are thinking about these days when it comes to NIL. I, I know Cameron Williams left Oklahoma because he followed his coach, but he also left there for the NIL money. Caleb Williams. Sorry, Caleb Williams. See, Cameron Williams. Too there's many. too many of them. Yeah, there's too many. There's a lot of Caleb Williams too. Um, so that's something to consider. It um, is. Is it worth the year if he has a great year? Yeah, you can't. Uh, uh, scared money doesn't make money. Is that right? Um, yeah. If not, I don't, it should be. So here's the thing is that I don't know if it's worth it to play him if he is uh, significantly worse than Garbers heading into the year. Um, I think you do. I think it actually frees you up because of all those concerns to just make the best decision for your football team. Um, well, one thing, too, there is a detachment. The staff is not thinking about, wow, how much will this cost us in NIL? Yeah. They're at the What they would be thinking if there's any kind of decision-based not on actual like how they're looking on the field. It would be what do we need to do to keep this kid? Yeah, no, not from an NIL standpoint. Just should we name him? Should he be the starter if it's close? Just because we want to keep him. They're not making NIL decisions. No, the, no, no. And, st- the staff. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think it. And I think, but I think it it does just kind of lean on that, and it, it goes back to just. You can't predict any of that stuff. So you have to kind of, okay, well, what are the main things that are important? And it's the same thing it always is in roster management in college football, which is, is the performance of X so much better than Y that we can give up, you know, potentially certain years of Y to get only two years of X, right? Like Ethan Garbers is an upperclassman. He's better than Dante Moore. Certainly coming out of spring, um, I would anticipate he's going to be better in August as well. Uh, but is it worth it to play him for his... Well, actually, he's got, well, two more years. Um, or not. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say he's going to be better. Dante Moore's a, a kid. He's 18 years old. He just... Most of them, when they come in in spring, they're swimming. He's going to have four months worth of learning the playbook, getting bigger, stronger, sure. working out. I, there's a chance that he lands in August and he's considerably better than Garber. Well, and th- we've got a closed box problem with fall camp as well, um, which I will continue to call fall camp, Tracy. Uh, August camp, you mean, Dave? Yes, fall camp. Um, we have a closed box problem, which is we could assess it in spring and see that Garber's was pretty clearly ahead. We're not going to have a whole lot of viewing time in August. So... Like none. Yeah, they have a little bit more. Well, I mean, we see <laughs> we can watch them throw on air uh, from across the field uh, for 10 minutes at the beginning of practice. So none. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, it's going to be, you know, the coaches can kind of make a, a more of a closed box decision where there's no kind of outside audi- auditing uh, from fans. or That's what or, we are. Or, or, the outside auditors. Yeah. Uh, so they'll have a lot of freedom to say whatever the hell they want to be honest. They will. So really interesting situation. It is. Um, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. That was Jimmy Stewart and it's a wonderful life. By the way. I loved it. Um, uh, so yeah, heading into fall, th- these are all things to be thinking about. Um, and you're thinking parts. 
in your thinking parts, in your posting parts on the forums without, with while keeping it all nice and civil. Yeah, no, use your posting fingers to talk about the team for next year. Not yeah. so much the, like, uh, you know, uh, how much you hate Chip Kelly, how much you, you know, love Chip Kelly and want to be, you know, buried alongside him in an Egyptian pyramid when he's, you know, old and gray. So you mean this? the person would just... The poster would pretty much just be like the little pieces of ceramic. Yeah, no, sort of like the pets, you know, like oh, the, the, Egypt, pets. the Egyptian oh, yeah. pharaohs, right? Yeah, um, or like burned on the funeral pyre with him, um, you know, not those things. Uh, right. Let's not write about those things. Let's instead... Isn't it amazing to think that there were human beings and that was the extent of their destiny? Right? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough it's one. A if you tough think, one. This, all right. So, side note, side side comment. Uh, people, when they're thinking about like, uh, I hear this occasionally, which is like, oh God, I wish I had been born sixty years ago, or you know, I wish I'd been alive sixty years ago, or, or eighty years ago, or a hundred years ago, and or I, I, medieval I, I, times. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You wish you had been a king, but the thing is, you wouldn't have been. You would have been the same peasant ass you are now. It's just and even it as a, a king, you probably would have died of, of goiter. At yeah, you would, have, you would have had a, you would have had gout. Do you want to have yeah. gout? Gout. gout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's it's uh, so. Yeah. Okay. If you're if you're ruling the roost, maybe maybe it would be superior to like working in an office and like punching keys on a computer. But at the same time, also you would have been like uh, potentially murdered, like just plots against you. Because you're the only person in power in, like, a 300-mile radius from your little fiefdom. And then, more than likely, you're a peasant. You live a life of just pure destitution. You are just subsisting. You have nothing at all. And, like, the the things that you, like, have or want can be taken away from you in a second. And that's if you're a man. And if you're a woman, way worse. Way worse. Everything is bad. It, it, it just, just so you know, if there's, if you guys are interested in any more UCLA information, you might as well just turn it off now. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's a joke because I want to talk a little bit about this. Yeah. When you read any, or you watch any historical fiction movie, right? And they have all those battles and all those bodies that are just piled on top of each other. And, you know, it was a 17 year old who died in battle. I mean, that was the extent of his existence, Yeah, right? Those are the ones who died in battle. The ones who were lucky enough not to die in battle or die of a plague or disease or illness. I mean, the lives that they had. I, there, was some, there was a study done of all the characters in the Canterbury Tales. Uh, Geoffrey Chaucer, which is uh, late 1300s in England. Oh, my God. Just the, <laughs> you know, they didn't eat vegetables. They ate like bad beef. Um, I mean, they didn't bathe. They they lived their their to like thirty three, and they were ill the entire time. These this is hor- a horrible existence. Awful. We should be so feel so good how we live now. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing but horror just following you around all the time. And yeah, if you didn't know any better, I'm sure it was fine. Like, that's the thing. I'm sure it was like, okay, well, this is just what life is. Um, and of course, all these people were extremely religious because, I mean, you got to spend your mind on something 
that's making you feel better about the whole thing. But just illness, disease, uh, half your children die as babies, uh, or they don't make it out of childbirth. Um, you're, most of you are farmers. You're just, and not like industrial farmers. No, you're just doing backbreaking work all day, every day. The reason you have a bunch of kids is so that when they turn five, they can start farming with you. Uh, and it's just that generation after generation. There is no hope or ambition for your children. They are stuck in their lot in life. It is serfdom. It is essentially slavery in all but name. It is disgusting and awful. Nobody should ever want to live at any other time besides probably right now or maybe a little bit in the future. You know the, you know the institution and concept that did work? Marriage. That Marriage worked back then. was slavery then. That's, well, that's... first off, uh, let's just start. First, you were 24 and you married a 14-year-old, a man marrying a woman. You probably were, you only, at the most, you had 10 years worth of marriage, and that probably would have been a really long marriage. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and nobody was trying to push 60 years of marriage. Right. No, it was impossible. You, There was no concept of staying together for like 50 or 60 years with the same person. Just, it didn't exist, right? So functionally, and then it was all assumed that all men were having affairs on their wives anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, Pretty, to, to some extent. Yeah. So, I, I mean, compared, if there was an institution that actually might have functioned semi-well... It might have been marriage back then because it wasn't a 70-year endeavor. For men, for women, it was literally chattel slavery. Uh, But everything was. I mean, uh, come on. Women weren't treated well until... I mean, there's not now, right? Yeah. I mean, my God, if you think of when women got the right to vote... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's stunning when you're watching a... When you're watching a movie and you or something or you're reading, you go, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's incredible. Anyway, yeah. okay, that's yeah. enough. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, things are things are. I, I I won't say like. And the thing is, like, if you want to say, you know, life is not objectively good right now. I mean, generally speaking, fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, objectively better than what it used to be. One hundred percent. No question about it. Absolutely, positively. Your children mostly grow up to an old age. Like uh, infant mortality is is uh, the main reason that life expectancy is so much higher because the averages aren't brought down by, you know, half of all babies, uh, you know, dying soon after birth. So that alone, uh, things are better. So don't so, don't wish. So for- if you were one of those shards of uh, <laughs> of uh, pottery or just one of the servants that was buried alive with like King Tut. Yeah. You probably had a pretty good life up until that point. Oh yeah. You you know, being, being all in all, that was probably on the good side. Oh, being a personal slave for one of the true uppity ups. Yeah. It was probably one of the better ones you could get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been fun. Um, That's it. That's all I got. I'm so glad I told everyone to cut out right then. Yeah. That was good. That we didn't drag them through that. No. All right, well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Brewing Report Online. We'll talk to you again next time. We'll see you later.